Growing Pains, i.e. Parenting Podcast, in association with Safe Food, helping you make better food choices. Hi, I'm Irene Feehan and welcome to Growing Pains, the Irish Examiner's Parenting Podcast Series in association with Safe Food. With me today is Richard Hogan. He is Clinical Director of TherapyInstitute.ie, a family psychotherapist and author of the recently published and best-selling book, Home is Where the Start Is. For the next 20 minutes, we'll be talking about clear boundaries, how to help your child to manage their emotions during the teenage years. So thank you for joining us in our studio today, Richard. It's great to be here, Irene. We're looking forward to the conversation. So you believe preparing for adolescence begins from the earliest days of childhood. Yeah. So why is that the case? It's so crucial that we bring in boundaries early on because in my work uh, as a parent as well, you know, um, but in my work, clinically speaking, I, I can see down the road when boundaries aren't in place from an early stage and from a, from, a, from a very early part of a child's formation and development that you have a very difficult uh, landscape to navigate when the child hasn't had to manage themselves, when they haven't understood the ramifications and the consequences for their behaviours. And so it's really important. That's the message I'm always trying to get out to parents. Get the boundaries in early. Set up the culture in the family very early. Get the values right in the, in the, in the family. And you'll have a much easier uh, movement through adolescence, which is going to be difficult at the best of times. There's no doubt about it. But when you get the boundaries correct and they're in place and they're fair and they're not autocratic and they're not despotic and they don't annihilate the spirit of a child, they allow them to make take you know risks and they allow them to, to make mistakes when you mm. do that with a child and you've got nice firm rules there, you set your child up for, for success. And you say your children crave boundaries. Absolutely crave. those to function. Absolutely. We all need boundaries. They teach us the do's and don'ts of our, the world that we're navigating. So children really crave boundaries. I've never met, Irene, in all my experience, I've never met a child who said to me, I must thank my parents for never never putting anything in place. I must thank my parents for always letting me out whenever I wanted to stay out. I've met other happen. children. It doesn't happen. I've met the I met the other voice that said, "My par- I thought my parents were a bit strict, but actually I see what they were doing there. They were actually kind of helping me to manage myself as I went through life. And it's so important. I think our parents, parents of my generation, they are working under a misapprehension about what boundaries mean. I think they think they're autocratic. I think they they feel that they're not child centered. You know, I, I think they feel that boundaries are this kind of dictatorial type of thing. And it's not that at all. It's about helping your child to navigate when they understand the rules. I mean, it's like anything. It's like playing tennis without a net. How would you know how to play it? You have to have the rules there. And so the boundaries teach you how to how to manage yourself and understand that this behavior, because all behavior has consequences, will bring this into my life. And when you get that right, you know, your, your child will be more self-critical, you know, not self-critical, but critically evaluate the world, mm. you know, much more positively. So you're talking about laying really strong ground rules, yes. foundations, foundations for, what is to for them to move follow. on, because yeah. when the ship has sailed, it's very difficult when they're adolescents and they've had no boundaries. Mm. So describe what you mean by a healthy boundary then for a child. Yeah, well, a healthy boundary it often comes from a guy called Winnicott, who's a very famous child psychologist. And his idea is that like boundaries move a little bit, mm. but they come back into place. A really good boundary moves a little bit, but comes back into place. And what I mean by a healthy boundary is that it's fair and it's doable. And that you can follow up on the consequence. You know, that's a healthy boundary. So a child figures out very quickly, okay, that behavior has that consequence. And so my behaviors have consequences. And so they start to really learn about themselves and their position in the world and, you know, what they can and can't do and what that consequence is. If the consequence is too severe, let's say, Irene, Mm -hmm. that just annihilates the spirit of a child. 
or if it's too severe, it just teaches a child to be mm. duplicitous. You know, I'll, I'll, I won't do that behavior again because if I get caught, I'll just get annihilated. But it's not, they're not learning why they shouldn't do the behavior. They're just learning not to get caught doing the behavior. Mm-hmm. And that creates what I'd often hear teachers saying in school, that child's very sneaky. And I just know that they've learned very early on that just don't get caught. You know, and they can seem duplicitous. So if we teach our children, OK, you broke the boundary, mm. that happens. But here's the con- here's the consequence It comes back into place. And now you have to, you know, live with the consequence just teaches them to self-regulate and I'd say for a lot of your listeners technology would be a huge thing mm. right and so I do a lot because I wrote a book called Parent the Screenager many years ago and I was te- a lot of parents would come to me about boundaries and how do you mm. bring boundaries in because that was the first chapter of the book and what I'd say to them just say for example uh, you're, you, you've decided your child can game for 40 minutes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and then on the weekends you decide an hour and a half you know and an hour and a half on Sunday and you go off and you come back and your child's been gaming for two hours and you said 40 minutes now here comes the boundary okay. now tomorrow night you don't game which is Tuesday night but on Wednesday night you game for 20 minutes and if you show me that you can game for 20 minutes you go back on Thursday night you go back to actually gaming to your 40 minutes now no one's been destroyed there's been no huge conflict but what you're teaching the child is actually if I over game I lose the game and then if I show that I can actually regulate myself, I get everything. And it, it goes much easier for me when I'm actually regulating myself. And it's a, it's a really important thing to teach a child. And this is all explained to the child in advance. So they know the rules. They know the rules. They know how it plays out yeah. if something goes wrong. And it was a key tip I'd say to parents. Yeah. Expect them to break the rules. Okay. Okay, that's don't be shocked. A, don't be shocked. That's what leads to what I'd call hot cognition. You yes. come back and they're gaming for like two hours, like, oh my God. And then it leads to this hyper, hyper, hyperbole around the games. You're never gaming again. I'm taking the And then it's just like extreme response. It's extreme response because mm. it's emotionally led. And then the child realizes that the parent's language has no meaning because you're saying you're never getting that game again. And then, of course, three days later, of course, you can't live up to that rule. That's just it's not doable. And so three days later, they're gaming again. They realize, actually, my parents, you know, they're they've no agency here. They've no their language means nothing. And so the boundary doesn't really mean too much at all. And that also you talk about having cold cognition yeah. as well. So that helps you stay those rules and boundaries yes. help you stay in that cold cognition yeah, place yeah. when they're broken then. Exactly. So mm. when you when you when you're setting out your boundaries, you're going they're going to break these, you know, then you're not so shocked when they break them. Mm. And then the the boundary comes in in a nice cold cognition. You're not emotionally led. You're not shouting. You're not screaming. There's no expletives. There's no door slamming. You just explain to them now because of that behavior. It's the behavior. I'd always say, you know, the the child isn't the, the problem. The behavior is the problem. And so it's like, you know, that's a really that comes from like, you know, family therapy. Real, um, uh, it's it's a real fundamentals of family therapy. The problem is the problem. The child isn't the problem. And so when you get them to think about themselves, it's narrative therapy. When you get them to think about themselves like that, yeah. they they learn how to control their behavior a bit better. And learn to have that conversation with yeah, themselves exactly. as well. Exactly. That behavior, if I do it, brings this into my life. I won't do it. So what's the fallout then when boundaries are not in place? What do well, you see? Yeah, here's the key, Irene. The reason I, I, I'm, I'm always talking about boundaries to parents and, uh, you know, parents ask me a lot about it is the fallout is if a kid, if a child developing doesn't get boundaries and if a parent is motivated to be the child's best friend, let's say, you know, and they're they're on their child's side, they're not by their side, they're on their side and they're down there and, you know, they're, by the, they're on their side and they, they think they're being child-centered, but what they're doing is just actually ego, it's ego-centered of the child and the child gets whatever they want, they move into adolescence and you have an inverted hierarchy. No, that is not a pleasant place to find yourself as a parent. And I work with so many parents who have an inverted hierarchy in the family this system. This is now where the child the is child actually is leading deciding, what's I'm happening in the family. I'm not going to school. 
I'm not mm. coming home at 10 o'clock. I won't text you when I'm out. You know, and that's normally followed up by some really bad expletives there, you know. Okay. Leave me alone. I'm not I'm not going to come in at 10 o'clock. You don't tell me when to come in. That's when they have had never never had boundaries leading up to that point and all mm. of a sudden they realize what power do my parents have, really, you know? And that's what I'd often say to schools when I'd hear management talking about they should just get that child into school. And I was like, well, well what would you do there, you know? Mm. What, what can you do when they're 15, 16, 17? And so getting boundaries in early, as mm. I always say, good yep. boundaries make good teenagers. And it's crucial. You'd give an example from The Sopranos yeah, as well exactly, about what yeah. one character says to the <laughs> other in terms of what can yeah. happen in families. Exactly. Meadow Soprano, Tony Soprano's daughter, has uh, trashed the grandmother's house yes. and he's the, the New Jersey mob boss, right? And he's, you know, no stranger to meeting out a bit of punishment. And he's sitting there with his wife, like all of us as parents, and he's thinking, what can we do to punish her? And he says to the wife, if she ever figures out we've no power, we're screwed. Mm. And that's it. And so what boundaries do is they teach your children as parents, you have power and you get them very early on to ex- to accept your power, mm. not to resist it, but to accept it because it's fair. If it's not fair, your children just move out of the house very early. Right? Also, the rules apply wherever you go. So yeah. whether it's school, later on in the workplace. So that marriage, marriage as well. Relationships. So Right across Work. the board. Yeah. So there's a need for them to under- children to understand from a young age that rules, boundaries matter. Oh, they and, and they, they help us to, even this conversation, there's a boundary around us here, right? There's boundaries around us all the time. Um, managing interpersonal relationships, hugely significant. And so, and I, and I see it, you know, children who have no boundaries, you see them really strong and you're thinking, oh God, you've set this child up for such a failure here that they have no understanding of themselves and how they're being perceived and they have no understanding of their own behaviour, and they go into part, and you know, then eventually what I see, they don't get invited to things, and they're excluded, and you know, they're just difficult to manage, and it's just a really unhappy kind of trajectory you're sending them, a joyless trajectory, I would say, in my, in so my experience. Really important. So what, what would you say, if you're in a situation where yeah. there is a child, a teenager who you're finding difficult to manage, what, how do you reverse engineer yeah. that scenario? You, know, you absolutely have to, if, say if you've got an inverted hierarchy, whatever it is, you, you need to get back your parental authority. Mm. You need to sit down and think, well, how do we lose this here? How do we lose our parental authority here? How do we give this over to our child? You start with yourself. You have to look at yourself first, you know, say, how did this dynamic develop? Because it didn't just happen. You know what I mean? Uh, it just doesn't just didn't happen. It slowly, it incrementally happened, you know, and so you have to figure out, well, what have we done here? How have we, how have we, how have we been positioned outside our authority as parents? I want to be his best friend is what I generally hear parents saying. And I'd say, well, you're not your child's best friend. That's never a good position. We all want to have a deep, meaningful relationship with our children, right? But we're not their best friends because a best friend doesn't tell you to stop eating chocolate, Irene. Go to bed now. You know, text, You know, best friends don't do that stuff, right? And so we have to have our agency as parents. And what I would say is too much difference is too much for children. And so if you have to roll back, you have to roll back slowly, bringing rules in. To so roll back slowly. A, a quite a strategic bring, you approach have to, bring to it. it. And bring in boundaries that you know you can kind of win. Okay, it's give like, us an example of something like it, that. Like maybe coming in at, at, at night might All be right. one, you know, where, you, where I work with families a lot. And they say, like, you know, John is out till like half 11. I say, well, do you want him out till half 11? They're like, no. And I was like, well, mm. how was John deciding that at 15? Mm. And they're like, well, what do we do? You know, and I was like, well, you need to get your age, your parental authority back. And so you're bringing in a rule here. If John stays out till 
you know, half 11 tomorrow. Tomorrow night, you're not going out the next night. Again, like the game. And then if you show us you can stay out until 10, you can go back out till whatever time so you're bringing. So they begin to earn them the rights. They're learning yeah. to manage themselves. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what any of us are trying to do here is teach your children mm. so that they can make the right decision when we're not around. I mean, that's what we want. We want to launch them off into the world, confident, self-assured, Right. Self-regulated. Self-regulated with a bit of teeth. You know, you mm. want them to be able to stand up you for themselves. You talk about grit, the importance of grit. I think it's such an important thing. Mm. I'd often hear parents say to me, I just want him to be compassionate. And I'm like, well, compassion's good, but it's not the only thing you want him to have, right? Because, mm. you know, you want him to have a bit of teeth. When someone says something to him in the yard or someone makes a comment about him, you want him to be able to stand up for himself and mm. be self-assured that I'm not going to accept that. You know, you're not going to communicate to me like that. And we teach people how to communicate to us. Mm. And so a bit of grit is really important for your child. And how do we give them grit? Well, we don't remove all obstacles we allow them to see things we bring in boundaries we show them that if you break this that's the consequence for that it's fair but this is what you know this is the consequence that you get so you have a good line uh, that you've used a f- few yeah. times which I particularly like you say good fences make good teenagers that's paraphrased from Robert yeah. Frost's poem Mending Wall Mending Wall yeah. so could just how, how does that play out when you're talking to parents how do you yeah well uh, good boundaries them? make good good teenagers mm. Right. And so what I'd see um, in my work is that when I meet adolescents who are out of control, and that's what it is, really, mm. Irene, they're out of control. Yeah. They can't regulate themselves. They can't process uh, you know, their emotions when they get hot. And so when they really get when they really get pushed and stressed, they become aggressive. They slam doors. They say really terrible things to their parents, mm. you know, like, I hate you. I, I wish you, you know, I can't wait to get out of here. And they'd say way worse things than that. You know? OK, you hear that in your clinics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, OK, so they're not able to process themselves. It's like when they get stressed, they stay down here in the amygdala kind of part of the brain. They don't go up into the, the cerebral cortex. They're not they're not analyzing why they're they're just really stressed and they're lashing out and stuff. So you have to help your child out of that stuff. And what really helps them is that cold kind of cognition around mm. boundaries. That's my behavior. That's what brought that into my life. Mm. I shouldn't do that if I don't want that to come into my life. And so it's just really fair and it's doable and it's consistent. That's the main thing, that your boundaries are consistent. And predictable then. Uh, yeah, well, that's really important for children. Okay. It's when it's inconsistent, when, it's, uh, when there's one overreacting to something and then there's no reaction. So it's like this incredible autocratic and then permissive. It's chaos. It's chaos for a child. Just checking within the family dynamic then, if there is one child who's way out of order, mm. how does that affect what's happening within the family? Other siblings oh, yeah. watching what's I've, happening? I've written about this for the examiner many times, actually, because mm. I've worked with it so much. You can have one sibling in there that dis- dis- disrupts the family system for sure um, and causes huge problems. And then the other children might even get... Um, they, they might see themselves as not being witnessed or not being seen because all the negative behaviour... All the attention. All the attention goes to negative behaviour. And what I'd often say to parents is, if we think about this negative behaviour, what's it communicating to us? Are we feeding it in some way by all this attention? You know, and if we pull back a little bit from it, what, what will we really see in this behaviour? And it's really important that we understand behaviour is communication, all of its communication. Mm. And what's mm. it saying to us as parents? Mm. Trying to analyse that a little bit mm. and how we might as parents, and it's not about blame, but how we might be somehow complicit in it. And then, so just in terms of going back to that family then, when there's a scenario going on like that, how, how do you talk to the siblings then who are watching very difficult behaviour? Oh, yeah, how do you support those kids? I'd often, it's interesting, I'd often, when I have that dynamic, I'd often start... And it's generally might, mightn't be the it can be sometimes the youngest child that's causing the, the majority of the problem. But mm. um, I'd start with the children who haven't really, as I'd see it, been witnessed. And, I'd, and then they're always yeah. surprised 
when I, and it might even be the youngest child. I might say, like, you know, just thinking of family I saw recently, and I'd say to like the eight-year-old daughter, mm. you know, I'm sure you probably don't get a chance to speak first. And she's like, no, never. Can I hear your? Can I hear what's, what it's like for you when mom and dad are and say John are fighting? And then you get this rich, you know, story of what it's like for her. And she's scared and she's upstairs and she thinks the family are falling apart. But she's for the first time, everyone's quiet listening to her and what do any of us want in a family system I mean to be witnessed to be seen to be valued to feel like we've got some you know that people actually value our opinion in that so another role for the parent is to step back not at just times, the problem child no at times massively the, step the back family yeah. yeah scenario as well um, you talk about getting buy-in so we're talking about negotiation yeah. so let's go back to that then we're looking for buy-in from your child clear or appropriate consequences so let, let's just give is another scenario that you could give us where that where that's happening a scenario of, of, of where you're looking for look at it this con- behavior continues yeah we're not happy with it yeah. there's going to be consequences and how do you get your child then to buy into that because yeah. they may just say I don't want any rules just yeah, and yeah. you get a big pushback yeah you get well again I would say that the key here is always early intervention okay every clinician would tell you that Get in early with the boundaries. It's like, you know, the Truman Show. We, you accept the reality of what you're born into. And if the family unit that you're born into is structured and has good boundaries and there's good ramifications, you will accept that. Mm. If it's chaotic and it's all over the place and your parents are trying to be your best friend and there's no real rules, it's inconsistent, you will accept that too. And then that's going to move you into an inverted hierarchy. It's going to cause all sorts of problems as a, as a family going forward. It's, mm. it's never going to lead to anything peaceful. And so it's like, first of all, the key thing is get in there early. Okay. If it's not in there early, you have to roll back. Let's just say something I work with a lot is an adolescent drinking. Okay. Right? And the parents are like, this is just unacceptable to mm-hmm. us. We can't accept him drinking. I'm like, well, it is a bit of a rite of passage, unfortunately. You know, uh, adolescent drinking is, you know, I don't know about you, Irene. I did a little bit of adolescent drinking when I was, you know, not an adult. There's a lot right? of it around. There's a lot of it around. And I worked in schools for 20, 22 years and you'd see a lot of adolescent drinking. I think, you know, thankfully it's not as problematic as it used to be I think I think kids are teenagers are a little bit more interested in their health and their body image than they mm. they have been traditionally and you know, like, say historically but I would say you know you need it's not that you accept it but that you need to really have a conversation with your child about, around their, their drinking now say if they're 14 they're too young to be drinking but they could possibly be out there drinking and so you'd have a boundary around that and if they drank you'd have to say to your, your partner if if he's drinking and he comes in drunk how are we going to react are we going to be screaming and roaring at him? Mm. Absolutely no benefit when he's drunk. Screaming and roaring at him when he's when he's drunk. It's only going to cause an escalation and probably violence in the house. The child's drunk and you're going to cause something there. Do we speak to him when he's sober the next day? And we, do we talk to him about it then? Do we bring in a consequence then? And I would say that's really what you need to do. Good conversation leading up about alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really important thing because I think it's a huge problem for us. Um, and binge drinking is massive in Ireland. I don't think we, we don't have a huge amounts of kids drinking a lot all the time, but we do have binge drinking. So it's like educating your child around drinking. And then if they are, if they start to break it and they get, they're getting caught, a boundary around it. And that would be like, you know, you're not going out next weekend because you've, you've you know, you've broken this boundary. You've gone drinking with your friends that you're not you're not going out. We don't accept you drinking. We don't want that in our family. We don't want you drinking. You're too young to be drinking. And so you're bringing a boundary around it. 
And that also means parents have aligned values themselves. Absolutely. Then. So they have an agreed framework yeah. before they talk before, to the children. And it has to be One consistent. parent might say, oh, she look at a couple of drinks. It's normal. It's, it's normal, normal. Right We passage. all did it, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then exactly. another parent may feel very strongly about absolutely. it. Absolutely. So that's a whole piece of work that the parents Pure, need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I feel strongly about it. You know, I grew up with uh, an, uh, an addict in my family, right? And it was something I feel very strongly about. Mm. I don't want my daughters drinking, you know, my, my eldest daughter is 12 now. I don't want her drinking alcohol at 13 or 14 or mm. 15. Something I feel very strongly about. Um, and my wife feels very strongly about it and if we if she does go drinking there will be some serious consequence because that to me is like a non-negotiable boundary mm. that's something we don't want we don't want in your life at this point in your life you're too young I know what it does to your brain as it's forming and all that kind of stuff so we don't want that in your life and there'll be a very serious consequence if that happened I'm not saying it won't happen I'm aware that it probably could happen but there'll be a very serious boundary there and a very it. clear a rule very clear rule around, around it that. Okay. if you had a top tip for parents what would you say it is yeah um, I think parents need to understand that boundaries are what children crave they help children to make sense of the world they give them a sense of themselves and critically they allow them to be um, self-regulated mm-hmm. and as a parent easier to manage in adolescence because about 18, 19, it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of done there, you know. They're off into the world and they're ho- hopefully they're launching successfully off into the world. So you've got that little period from about 12 to 18 to really manage. And if you want it to be chaotic, you know, and, and, and conflictful, it's going to be with no boundaries and inconsistent boundaries. But if you, want it, if you want it nicely structured and you want a good relationship with your children, they need to see you as parents. No child wants the parent to be their best friend. They might say they want to. I mean, I've worked so many times and I hear it so often in my clinic. My dad thinks I'm his best friend and my dad wants to be my best friend. They just don't, they don't want that, you know what I mean? And that's not helpful. And so the top tip is you're not your child's best friend. Be by their side. That's putting the boundary and not on their side. That's their best friend. So Richard Hogan, family psychotherapist, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Irene. Growing Pains, IE Parenting Podcast, in association with Safe Food, helping you make better food choices.